intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you and welcome to another episode of the show my guest this week Mr. Dave McDonald of Revolution Staffing. Dave, how are hey, you? How are you doing? I'm doing I'm great, man. I'm real well. Look, you know, having um, technical difficulties today, now my phone's been ringing off the hook since you and I have been chatting. It's just one of those afternoons. That's the way it goes. You know, I think everyone is tired of Zooming and talking over each other in the middle of conversations like this. It's just the way 2020 is. It is. It's, um, you know, this episode won't air till 2021, but for the audience, we're recording it very late of 2020. And I probably like you, but certainly I can't wait to get rid of this 19 or 2020. Can't end. You know, I would say it's, it is what you make of it. And so while there's been lots of, um, there's lots of challenge to this year. Um, Life is what you make of it. And so um, there's no sense bemoaning it. Uh, we are we got what we got. So uh, let's make the best of what we have. And that's a great way to sum it up because, and I mean, I've known you for years and I know you are always a glass half full type of person, uh, which is awesome. It makes you Thanks. I like to think of it as overflowing generally, but I'll live with half full today. <laughs> okay. Well, as I say, it makes you fun to be around. Dave, what? how did you start Revolution Staffing or why did you want to start a staffing or a driver agency? Sure. Uh, that, that's a great question. One I get a lot. Um, you know, you don't do it because you need a lot, you want a lot of money. That's not what staffing is about, really. There's a real intrinsic value in helping people find jobs. And for me, it came from a period in my own life where it was really hard for me to find a job. In my 20s, I got married at 20 years old, a wet behind the ears with no uh, schooling, no skills, no talents, just a lot of ambition and energy. And, um, you know, the reality is I tell people all the time I've been fired from every good job I've ever had. Um, But um, there's a period of time in my early 20s when I was out of work for probably six months or more. And a couple of times in that period, um, I interviewed at companies that were staffing companies. There's, were, I was interviewing for a job to sell their services. And even while I didn't get those jobs, and I wouldn't have given me the job either, um, but even while I didn't get those jobs, I caught a vision for the idea of helping people feed their families. I was struggling to feed my own family at the time. And the idea of uh, helping people find jobs so that they could feed their families was really rewarding to me and something that just a caught for me. And so five, 10 years later, when I was uh, ready to start my own business, uh, it was one of the things that I sought out. Well, how many years old is Revolution Staffing? Um, well, um, I own three different employment agencies. Revolution Staffing started in 2005. Um, essential Staffing um, I started in 2017 
And uh, I purchased Hope Unlimited in 2019, but they've been in business since 1966. Sorry, what was the name of that one? Help Unlimited. Help Unlimited. You just sent shivers down my spine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, and Help Unlimited, were they located on Queen Street, downtown Toronto? They were located on Queen Street. I first got to know them when they had offices in uh, Brampton and downtown at Toronto and Jar- uh, sorry, at Dundas and Jarvis, right downtown. Yeah. And they helped me start Revolution Staffing, really. And so when they came for sale in 2019, you know, I nobody would believe this, but I'm a bit of a romantic. Um, and so I bought my alma mater uh, in January of 2019 when they came for sale. Well, first of all, I kind of believe that you're a romantic, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't get flowers often enough, but the truth of the matter is, is I, you know, I do, I'm a fairly nostalgic minded person and I love those little hooks like that. They got, they helped me get my start and I wanted to help them, you know, make their transition. Well, how did they help you start? Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, I sure can. They um, like I said, I had this vision for a staffing firm, but I didn't have any experience at it. And I um, they were a client of of my brothers at the time. And uh, my brother's an accountant in Oakville and they had a good working relationship and they agreed to teach me the business, knowing that I was going to start my own. It started as a joint venture and um, grew into its own independent business out of that. That's awesome. We all need mentors. We all need people who will share uh, a lot of stuff. For me, Kim Richardson is, has helped me immensely. Um, sure. You know, so, and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Another fellow, while I'm throwing names out there, do you know Claude Chalk? Yeah, the name's familiar to me. I don't know that I know him personally, but I've heard of him for sure. Okay, he uh, was my mentor at TNT. He ended his career. He's now retired, but he was at uh, Manitoulin for, uh, he was in the teens for sure. Okay. Yeah, so Bob Harper was the owner of Help Unlimited, and then um, Bob passed, I don't know, five or, not quite 10 years ago, I think. And uh, his business was then bought by the lady who ran it for many years for him, Lynn Howell. And then I had the good fortune of buying it from Lynn. That's awesome. Because we, you know, can you talk about a little bit the essential role? Because I do believe it's essential, uh, the role of staffing companies. Sure. Um, I think, you know, the... We know we're essential because Doug Ford said so, right? Like, isn't that the way that everything gets divide, uh, decided in 2020, 2021 is um, if the government decided that you were an essential service, you know that you are. Um, and so for us, because we provide so much labor to industry, whether that's truck drivers to trucking companies or warehouse workers or sanitation workers or um, you know, just, we, we put people into plants in all sorts of positions and all sorts of roles every day. Uh, we have probably between the three companies, we have about 
300 or so people at work almost every day. So, you, you know, you, you can't, the, the staffing industry ap- actually represents somewhere between four and 6% of all employees that are employed in Canada at any given time. So it's a significant percentage of the population. And, um, you know, really uh, the trucking industry wouldn't represent that many employees of the total um, employment structure of Canada, I don't think. Yeah, that's a huge amount of people that work through a staffing service. I didn't realize that. Yeah, one of the challenges, as you know, Chris, is, you know, separating the good legitimate agencies who are there to help people and to help companies and um, pretenders who are there, um, you know, making their money on the backs of the people, not helping the people up, but pushing the people down and taking advantage of them. People that aren't paying their fair share of taxes, people that are um, what I would really refer to as illegitimate operators. And, um, you know, revolution staffing got its name because we wanted to change the way people thought about agencies. Because, you know, to you alluded to this earlier, um, not all agencies and not all people's experiences with agencies have been positive. And so what we're trying to do really is to change the way both candidates and employers feel about working with an agency and to really create a, a proactive partnership between the two groups. Well, I can tell you, you know, my history is 30 years or more ago when I was running sure. the Sears operation. And on Saturdays, we needed helpers. Right. And we could never get enough helpers, so Help Unlimited. And there was one other company, I forget their name, um, supplied us in those days with uh, helpers. And it was sometimes a challenge uh, because they would truly be unskilled um, on a Saturday morning and they were there to earn a buck. And, you know, some of them were a challenge. I'll tell you, the majority of them were really good people that did a great job uh, because I was often a driver in those days and I had to work with this fellow. So, you know, in uh, the early part, certainly I was a supervisor, but I also drove truck. So I often had a, uh, a driver service um, helper with me. Sure. Well, what some of the challenges? I I think, I think what most people um, experience then versus what they experience today is um, like, let's just, let's just be honest. Um, The government regulation and, um, oversight of the trucking industry in particular, let's just talk about trucking right now, um, has increased dramatically in the last um, 30 years. Um, Think about the introduction of uh, ELDs that's going on right now. Think about um, hours of services and changes to the regulations related to hours of service. Um, Chris, I know you do a whole course on CBURs and how to properly read a CBOR. Those things have all changed dramatically over 30 years. And so it's no surprise that the supporting industries around the trucking industry 
have also changed dramatically over 30 years. And so while, you know, back in time, um, you know, two feet in a heartbeat would get it done. But in today's environment, uh, we don't we don't work that way. I'm not saying that there aren't some agencies out there that still do that, but there's not that many of them. And um, and if you're working with them, that's on you. That's that's on the company who's making the decision to, you know, hire somebody at a at a below livable wage scale. Um, so that they can line their companies, their company's bottom line as a company. And I, I'm in business for to make money. Let me be very clear. Okay. But I don't make it off the people. I make it off providing what we say, what we would say at Better Together is improving productivity and profitability through people. That's the value add of working with revolution staffing, essential staffing, or help unlimited in 2020. And so if you're trying to improve your bottom line by crushing the little guy, I don't want you as a customer anyways. No, I think. And I know that's not who you are. That's so much not who you are. You've got such a great reputation in the industry. You're so highly regarded. Like I, I you know, obviously I'm not saying you, but there are people out there that are just, trying to take advantage of getting the low, 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 low price. Well, it, I, during COVID, I've done nothing but raise my price. You know, it, uh, six years ago, what I charged isn't what I charge today. Thank goodness. Right. You know, and, but thank you for the kind words. If I was, I've got two questions, um, right. both similar. If I was a driver, why would I want to work for a driver service? And if I was mm -hmm. a company, what are the advantages and disadvantages of working for or hiring, uh, giving my employment to a driver service? So let's tackle the driver first. If I was a driver, what are there advantages, disadvantages to working for a driver service? Why would I choose to work for a driver service rather than a trucking company direct? Chris, that's a really good question. Why would somebody choose to work with an employment agency as opposed to going direct? And why would a company need the help of an employment agency? And what I would say is this. First, I'm going to answer it uh, to both groups, and then I'll probably siphon it off for each one individually. The first, the first thing is you need to understand that we're always better when we have an advocate. I don't know about you, but in life, there's been different times when I felt really alone. And um, when I have an advocate that stands next to me and supports me, I'm stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's true for employees. And that's true for employers, even when they're, you know, working with an employee and trying to, you know, work out a pay issue or to, um, you know, help them understand why things are what they are. Um, they find out that they're they're better when they have an advocate. And so we act as an intermediary between the two parties to soak up some of the hurt and um, and allow better communication between the two parties so that they both accomplish what they're hoping to. Well, Does that make Dave, sense? Dave, we know that there's never been any miscommunication in any trucking company. 
No, no, of course not. It doesn't happen with truckers. Um, it only happens, you know, in the, yeah, of course. So, you know, and so, so that's kind of the reason, you know, more holistically, but then when you look at it from an individual standpoint, why a driver would want to work for us and, and not a company, I would say that's a, that's a private individual decision based on the driver. And so, they may, you know, it, it's no surprise to any of your listeners that the uh, population of drivers is changing dramatically. That demographic looks different today than it did 10 years ago, than it did 20 years ago, than it did 30 years ago. And, you know, with so many new immigrants as a part of that population, a lot of those people want to go home to their, you know, home of origin uh, for a period of time. And when you're flying, 12 to 24 hours, you don't want to go home for 15 minutes, do you? It's not like you stopping in to see your mom. It's, you know, they're going home for weeks. And most trucking companies, if I could say to our shame as an industry, have treated truck drivers like a commodity in the past Mm -hmm. and um, have just been straight out with guys said, look, if you leave for that long, we're going to fire you. And the guys have said, I'm sorry, you've confused me with someone who can't get a job the very minute I get back to Canada. <laughs> um, have you heard of the driver shortage? Hello. And so, you know, to our shame as an industry, we haven't allowed people the freedom to make those transitions. And, um, you know, what's that done to us? Well, it's cost more in training. It's, you know, cost more in relational hardship between drivers it's it's an us versus them mindset in a lot of companies um you know not in the top 100 fleets to drive for but when you when you get out like how many how many of the jobs in trucking actually are represented in the top 50 fleets or the top 100 fleets 10 percent yeah i don't know i don't know what the number is it'd be interesting to know that if you um if you get Angela Splinter on from the Trucking Human Resources Council, she might answer that question for you. Yeah. But I would I would say that it's not it's not more than twenty percent. That's just you know me pulling something out of the side of my head. Um, but I think that so so for the for the drivers, it's 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 that advocacy, it's flexibility. It's the opportunity to work as an independent contractor, as an incorporated company legally, legally. Okay. Um, We have very stringent operating rules for how we work with independent contractors that are incorporated companies with HST numbers that pay their taxes and and run a right ship. Um, And they conform to the laws of Canada and abide by the rules and there's a bunch of people um, that fight this, but the reality is is that Canada has set up rules for how this works, and if you can abide by the rules, you can do it legally. And if you can't abide by the rules, then you you don't care about doing it legally. Oh. And I'm I'm a guy who abides by the rules. We're, we're rule followers, and I I. One, I appreciate that because this whole um, driver ink model that you are referring to, when it's done illegally, really rubs me the wrong way. 
because sure. I can remember back in my day when I was a, a supervisor at a trucking company, most of the drivers were taking home more money to their families. They weren't earning more, but they were able to take home more to their families because they weren't paying taxes and things like that. And this is, again, this is in that 30-year realm ago. Things have changed a lot. But it used right, to... but they're incurring the tax burden related to it. And are they finding ways to skate on that tax burden? I don't know. That's up to them individually. That's up to Revenue Canada to take up with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to promote people who are uh, working illegally, and like I don't want people. I don't want to have to pay an extra share of my own taxes to cover somebody else who's not. So I'm obviously not going to support tax cheats. Okay, um, I have the uh, Canada Rev um, hotline on my phone on speed dial. So if I find anybody who's a tax cheat, I'm telling about it. Sure. I hope everybody does that. Um, okay, I don't really have it on speed dial, but I know that it exists. And if I chose to do it, I would certainly do it. Yeah. But I think the reality is um, the government of Canada is one of the largest users of independent corporations or, and independent contractors um, in the whole country. So they have created a system. They are benefiting from the system. And um, I don't see an end coming to the system anytime soon, despite what different lobbying groups would like to tell you. Well, I think there will be changes coming, but we as humans and particularly as the trucking industry, uh, when change happens, we adapt very quickly. Um, so I, I, and I'm certainly not smart enough to know how to, uh, make the changes or what changes might be coming. But so as you a, don't make the changes till the new rules come out. Yeah. But every time the rules get written, someone smarter than me goes through the rules with a fine tooth comb and finds a method to make more money. Yep. It's called free enterprise. <laughs> and thank God we have it. I'm self-employed. Uh, right. You know, however, you know, under the, Canadian structure. I'm legally self-employed with a multitude of, I'm blessed with many different sources of income. So, um, sure. it, it works and I well. would tell you that, that, you know, of the, you know, it, I don't know how much of my business it represents anymore. Um, but I would say that, um, the guys that work for me in that vein all have multiple sources of income. And, um, and that's the primary rule. That's the primary rule that, that always provides them the safety. Um, and then the, like the other reality is, is that we require, we don't work with any independent contractors that are sole proprietors or other things like that. If you tell me that you're going to run a legitimate business, you need to have the trappings of a legitimate business. So I'm, everybody has an HST number. Everybody has an incorporation that's legally incorporated in the country of Canada or in the province of Ontario. I got to make sure that we do it right. So that, so I don't have any uh, boogeyman coming out from underneath the bed at night, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Who needs CRA knocking at the door? Uh, anyway, right. we, went, we went down that rabbit hole, but there are advantages. 
for drivers to work for a driver service. And you gave us some. Are there any more before we switch to the company side? Um, I think, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I would just go back to the advocacy. Um, I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, Chris. I'm just be interested in your take on it. But I genuinely believe that you don't choose a career in trucking, particularly as a driver, because you love spending a lot of time with people. If you choose a job where you're in an isolated 10 by 10 booth by yourself for 60 hours a week, I think that says something about your natural personality and desire to engage with people. And so some of those guys, I'm not saying all of them, but some of those guys need a hand to navigate the relationships with their dispatchers who used to live in the truck, most of them, mm-hmm. and are angry about the fact they're stuck behind a desk and th- and are yelling at the guy who can't make the deliveries the way he used to do the deliveries because he's not the company man that I was. And so, so we that advocacy plays out in real significant ways in managing those relationships. And it's something, unfortunately, uh, one of the, the areas that I think we neglect are our dispatchers and giving them some real tools and education on how to manage relationships, such as a right. relationship with a driver. You know, we take them, as you said, out of the truck, stick them behind the desk, and then say, do this job. And we don't give them any added new skills. It's a whole different skill set. The guy, and the reason it happened, the reason why that was a natural, in my opinion, why that was a natural flow of, um, of a career path was driver to dispatcher was because the drivers knew all the routes and the dispatcher had to know the, how to tell the driver the route. Yeah. Well, welcome to GPS 10 years ago. We, those, that's not the skill set anymore. The skill set now is a knowing what you can do legally within the bounds of the law, um, knowing when the customer needs the freight there and what that window time is and what the penalty is for missing that window. And then assisting the driver to accomplish that task in the time frame that you have. And that's a whole different skill set. And it really isn't for a guy who chose to be a driver because he liked to see the open road or he liked the independence of being in a truck. Now he's sitting three feet away or in COVID six feet away from another guy who doesn't like people and they're yelling at each other all day. And then they're yelling at their drivers. Yep. So. Totally different skill set. Totally agree. And yeah, as I say, and they, and they need training. If 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 we're going to continue to progress them through the same path that we've traditionally progressed them through, then they need new world training for new world skills. You know, you know, like I said, we hire. You know, we've got three hundred people working every day, so we do a lot of hiring, and people are always looking for people with soft skills. Well, what are soft skills? Well, no one can tell you because they're soft. Okay, there, it's not hard written. Nobody knows exactly what soft skills are, but people want people with an ability to talk and communicate and to uh, have empathy. If you uh, 
you know, if you surf LinkedIn as much as I do, there's like one in every four articles is about having more empathy. I was born without empathy. I was going to say, I don't even know what empathy is. Empathy is different than sympathy. And I get the two confused, but um, empathy is the ability to see one, someone in a situation and to have compassion for them in a way that helps them uh, craft a way to get out of it or just to help carry their burden. Sympathy is like, hey, I saw that something bad happened to you. I'm sorry about that. Empathy is to actually give a crap. I'll see. And that kind of transitions into a working relationship with some of your customers. Why does a customer come to you and say, hey, I, I want to use a driver service or a staffing service? Sure. So companies use us for a number of reasons. Um, primarily, they use us because they need us. They have trucks sitting against a fence, and that's bad. That's the one rule that I've figured out in trucking is universally true. Trucks sitting against a fence equals bad. And so they come to us to help solve that problem. They come to us to uh, help them uh, fill trucks that need to be trucked to move freight that needs to be moved. And their recruiting department is having a level of success, but not the level of success that they need. And so they reach out to a, a third party for help. And we don't want to be your recruiting department. Um, we want to be a partner with your recruiting department to fill your trucks, fill them for this week, fill them for this month, fill them on a long-term basis. And so we, we do all three of those things. If you've got a guy out on vacation, um, we will work with companies to fill that spot or several people's spots for several weeks. Um, you know, we, we, we really have a big peak in the summers uh, to help with vacation coverage. Um, if you have um, somebody who's out on WSIB or, you know, something for a long period of time, we'll cover off that longer stint. If you have a peaks in your business, we'll help fill a truck for a peak period. Um, and if you need people in the long term, uh, we'll help fill your trucks on a long term basis. Yeah. Do you, in the, in the days, let's say this is going back 30 years ago, a long time ago or more. Um, do you have contracts like where you are the supplier of the drivers for a specific location or for a specific company? Um, all of, all of our relationships with customers, most of our relationships with customers, excuse me, are, um, based on a written agreement. So, Contract, yes. Um, if you're saying, you know, do we handle the Sears portion of a company's business? Right. Um, yeah. Um, more, more that we would augment it. Um, I'm. I like to be the the secondary supplier, the backup, the guy who helps make sure that everything happens more than the guy whose desk you're standing on the first time a delivery doesn't happen. 
if that makes sense. So if if I've got the whole contract and I miss, and I miss filling a truck, you're yelling and screaming at me. If I have the backup role, um, and I miss filling the truck, you're disappointed in me, but you'll give me another shot. And the reality is, is that, um, we, I just have a, a fundamental business philosophy where I don't like to be um, beholden to any single customer for a majority of my business. Uh, my business is typically very nicely uh, balanced between 20 or 30 different customers where we play a significant role, but not the dominant role. Um, what I'm looking for is relationships with clients where when I meet a driver that is right up their alley, that I call them on Tuesday, they interview them on Wednesday or Thursday, and they put them in a truck on Monday. Uh, What I'm trying to avoid is companies that call me on Monday for a driver the previous Saturday, and if I don't have them, somebody by Tuesday, they're yelling at me. I don't respond well to that. Yeah. Well, and my experience with services was always phone them up. I say, I need two drivers tomorrow. And they would call back and say, yes, no. Like they always communicate really well uh, because. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and they very seldom disappointed quite. And this was 30 years ago. So I can imagine things have gotten better since. Uh, yeah. Well, with additional communication channels, uh, communication's gotten better. Um, you know, in your day, uh, when we called you, you'd actually pick up the phone yeah. because one, you couldn't tell that it was us that was calling. And so you thought it might've been a customer and you had to answer the phone. Whereas now, um, you know, with caller ID, I, I see that it's uh, Chris, the safety dog. And I'm like, yeah, I can take that call. Um, but I see that it's, you know, Kim Richardson. And I'm like, eh, I don't think I got time to talk to him today. <laughs> And so like the reality is, is that with more communication channels, there's more complexity to how we communicate with people, but really that's key to our whole business is just making sure that we are on top of it and that we're talking with people and we keep them informed and up to date. And that works on both sides of the equation, both with employees um, and with clients. That's awesome. David, anything else that we need to know about, Revolution staffing or Dave McDonald? Sure. I think, I think the one thing that I would want you to know, Chris, and I think that you do know this, or you wouldn't have had me on your uh, podcast is, um, you know, revolution staffing is about changing the way people think about agencies and we do it one driver at a time. I'm not going to change the whole industry overnight. Okay. But by, putting our drivers through a really regimented hiring process. We find the best available drivers in the marketplace and we send them out to good companies. So for us, while our, you know, client facing purpose is to improve productivity and profitability through people, our employee facing purpose is to feed families one shift at a time. And um, I believe if I do a good job in both of those places, I can change 
the employment agency world. I can change the way people think about agencies. Um, I can even change your mind. Hey, my, my, I'm all for agencies. There's a number of advantages. Um, And as an employer, if I was a driver, partially because of my age now, you know, if I was back driving, I wouldn't want to work five days a week. But I might be able to come to you and say, hey, Dave, um, you know, I want to work this week, but I'm taking next week off, by the way. And then, uh, you know, the flexibility that. Key. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Our, our drivers love that. We, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but I would bet if you looked at my, you know, people think that driver service drivers are all, you know, sub one year experience. I don't have any guys that are sub one year experience. I was gonna if, you, say. If, if you pulled my drivers for experience, I think you would see that we average around 15 years. So, you know, when we talk about, and that's one of the things that's different about me than other guys. Like I, I, I know that um, I've, I've got customers that are asking me to lower my hiring criteria. Um, and I'm like, no, no, you don't want me to do that. I'm sorry. That's a bad decision. I know that you're doing that. In, and, and in their environment where their safety people are fully engaged with every hire, um, they can reduce the hiring criteria and maintain a quality standard. But in when they're working with us, they don't look at our guys the same. They don't engage with them the same. And so I need to maintain my hiring standards so that I protect my customers and I protect my good name. The and reality that, that our driver. Yes, for sure. For sure. The driver's safety is is ultimate and paramount. And if our guys go to work and they're not comfortable with what's in front of them, we want them to run screaming from the building. We don't want them to s- sneak away. We want them to get out of there and get out of there quick. Um, the you know you you have to empower your employees to say no, or they never will. And so we don't ever take repercussions on employees who say no. We are very forgiving employers. It's one of the things about the agency world. We're very forgiving. And so, you know, when we have a difficult interaction with somebody, it, you know, it'll go bad for a couple of days, but we'll give them another shot. We'll help them out again. We'll try to find a new path for them to come back. I remember really early on, if you let me tell this story, this is one of my favorite stories about owning an employment agency. I was working with a guy. He was, um, he drove at two or three different accounts for me over a pay period. And he had a big expense coming up. And when he got his paycheck, it was less than what he needed. And he lost his mind. He yelled. I was sitting in my back office, but he could see me through a window and he yelled and screamed from the front of the office at me, calling me all sorts of awful things. He stood there and ripped up his paycheck. He's rip, 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 threw it on the ground or at the feet of the lady that was trying to help him and uh, stormed out of the building. And I said to, I said to my payroll uh, person, I said, Jeanette, 
Um, can you uh, go back into the step, go back into our payroll uh, package and print that guy's check again? He's going to be back here in an hour and he's going to know that having $600 today, even though it's not the thousand dollars he needs, having $600 today is going to be way more valuable to him than having nothing. And so he, uh, she sat down, cut the check. I signed it. He walked back into the building an hour or two later and said, Dave, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said those things. I wasn't, that wasn't healthy. It wasn't right for me. I was wrong. I shouldn't have spoke to you that way. You know, do you think I could get another check? I said, sure, John, here it is. We already printed it for you. Um, and that's, I, I, I just recognize that that's not the way every company treats their employees. And I'm not saying that I'm a hero because I did that. I was only giving that guy the money that he deserved. He earned the $600. Mm-hmm. And he may have actually earned the full thousand. I just didn't have authorization from the client to pay it all to him at that point. And I couldn't just take his word on it. And so uh, one of the things that's really important for me is to um, not withhold good from whom it is due when it's in your power to do so. And so it's in my power to pay the guy the money that I've been authorized to pay him. And I'm going to do everything that I can to get the guy his money. And so even in that time, when he was yelling and screaming at me and calling me all sorts of names, that wasn't the time for me to get back at him or to get even. It was time for me to make sure that we had the money for him that he needed that day. And that's, you know, maybe that's one of the things that's different about revolution staffing than other companies. I don't know, but we are trying to change the way people think about agencies, both from the employee side and also from the customer side. Perfect. I think that's a great way to sum it up. David, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Chris, always great to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up, a review, a comment, a rating if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.